Are you ready to begin your journey out of the realm of just theories and into a world of excitement and experience that only comes with braving the unknown? Join us as we speak to entrepreneurs who have faced the challenges of successfully creating businesses at home as well as abroad. Whether it's arts, services, or tech, from Shanghai to Tokyo, Bangkok to Mumbai, we'll help you find your inspiration and turn it into action. Get ready for Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now welcome your host, Neville J. McKenzie. Today's conversation is with Christy Fernandez, an entrepreneur on a mission to create a positive impact in clean transportation and energy in the emerging markets of the ASEAN region, Indian subcontinent, Africa and South America. Christy is the founder of Suraya Electric Vehicles, which is headquartered in Singapore and is focused on providing affordable, comfortable and eco-friendly transportation. What's unique is that Suraya is redefining how automobiles are designed, manufactured and sold with a strong focus on sustainability, profitability and social impact. At first, Christy tried this with his idea. It's kind of stuck with me. I tried giving it away, but it, you know, it didn't happen. During our conversation, Christy reveals his motivations behind the idea of creating his startup, his vision of how it can help farmers in rural communities by harvesting solar energy. So now, without further delay, let's begin. I'm with Christy. So Christy, can you introduce yourself? I'm Christy. I'm from Chennai, from South India. And I moved to Singapore to start uh, to set up my company. And what's your company? My company's name is Surya Electric Vehicles. So we are focused on developing a vehicle for the developing world. So basically we are looking at last mile connectivity. So we are looking at a ride-sharing vehicle, an eight-seater vehicle, that uh, is focused on delivering affordable, comfortable and eco-friendly transportation. What region are you looking at? So I'm looking at the Asian region, Indonesia, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Philippines, you know, Laos, Myanmar, the Indian subcontinent, Africa, and South America. Basically, I'm looking at all the developing countries, the emerging markets in the Southern Hemisphere. So one of the reasons why I'm looking at it is because the vehicle that I'm developing is going to be running on swappable solar recharge batteries. And so we intend to recharge batteries using solar energy and also get the rural population, farming communities, involved in recharging of batteries. So that would provide them an additional source of income. So what you're saying is that the charging stations will be in the countryside? Yeah, yeah. And then they'll be able to sell the energy on to people that need it for their vehicles? Yeah, so so these are uh, swappable batteries. So basically it's like your uh, water containers or your, you know, or your gas cylinders. So you recharge your batteries using solar kits in the countryside and then it's, it's you know, uh, it's like harvesting uh, your crops. You harvest solar and then you ship it back into the urban areas where it's needed. Oh, I see. That, that sounds really interesting because most most of the um, ideas I've heard have been like you have a power station somewhere producing power and then that's sent along the national grid. Yeah, yeah. But, so your idea is to take the 
batteries themselves and move those around yes, yes. to where they're needed. Yeah, yeah. So the, so so there are two ways in which you can recharge batteries. One is you can do it in a large scale, in a factory-like environment. Two is you can do it in a small scale, in a handcrafted kind of fashion. So we're looking at the organic way. The reason why we're looking at it is to be able to alleviate poverty, give uh, people in the villages an opportunity to earn some revenue. And solar, the feedstock is free. And especially at times of drought, when farming communities have a big problem, this income would be able to, you know, do some good at that point of time. So where did you get the idea for this? Ever since electric vehicles started coming into the market, I realized that this would be a very efficient way for transportation. One is it's eco-friendly. Two is actually electric, electric vehicles can be very uh, cheap because of uh, you know lesser moving parts, lesser number of components. Today, of course, the electric vehicles that are coming out in the market are very expensive. But basically, that's because they're catering to the developed world. The developed world needs speed, they need range, they need you know charging, fast charging. Whereas the developing world, the focus, the need is actually affordability. So um, electric vehicles can also be built to be very affordable. So you're building low cost electric vehicles. Yes. Um, and the energy source is from the rural communities. Part of it. I, I, Part I will not be able to do the entire energy source from the rural population, but, they, I, but in our business model, one part of it is definitely going to be yeah. from there. So wh where's the other part? So the other part would be from large-scale suppliers, you know, because we will need a mix of both. We can't just depend on one source for uh, uh, energy supply. Whose idea is this? Yeah, yeah, so this is my idea. It's been, uh, I, you know, uh, it's kind of stuck with me. I tried giving it away, but it, you know, it didn't happen. So you tried giving it away. Yeah, yeah. How, what do you mean you tried giving it away? Yes. So I, I uh, gave this idea to another large manufacturer of vehicles, you know, uh, a few years back, saying that this is a business model which would help, you know, uh, increase the adoption of electric vehicles and also, you know, help uh, rural populations in a way. They didn't take it up at that point of time. Did they give a reason for that? No, they didn't because they are anyway making money. I mean, they build a lot of vehicles and they, you know, so because nobody is willing to take this up and it stuck with me and it kept growing, uh, you know, with me. And I have uh, quite a, uh, you know, uh, um, clarity in what needs to be done on this. So then I said, okay, let me do it. So what is the greatest difficulty you've had with this idea? So actually, uh, um, See, uh, I'm, I'm not coming out with just another vehicle. There are a couple of things that I'm doing different, which is going to be unique in this industry. One is I've, I've been focused on swappable solar recharge batteries. So that is, that is uh, you know, unique. I, I've been evangelizing it. You know, people are also beginning to adapt this idea of swappable batteries. Uh, I hope that in a few years' time it would become very common uh, because we need the masses to adopt it for, it, for the cost to come down. If it's only my idea and if only I'm doing it, then the costs are going to be high. Two is I'm looking at a vehicle that can be, uh, uh, you know, I'm designing it such that it is like IKEA furniture. It is modular and it can be easily assembled at uh, dealer workshops. So the idea here is not to build another big factory. The idea is here to actually, you know, spawn a lot more entrepreneurships. We would be able to then uh, provide these kits for people in different countries to be able to, you know, manufacture these vehicles. 
So would it involve, say, 3D printing? Is that an idea? Or? 3D printing, we would in the future. It's still not mature enough. Yeah. But we would be. We are looking at uh, frugal engineering and precision, you know, engineering to be able to, you know, put together a design such that it can be, you know, e easily put together. It can be easily assembled. So that's a challenge. I mean, that's not been done before in this industry. IKEA was the one who did it for furniture. Uh, the reason why we are able to do this or, uh, you know, or go down this path is because our vehicle is a functional vehicle. If I'm building a luxury vehicle, then, you know, IKEA doesn't work well for luxury furniture. Yeah. IKEA works well when it's functional furniture. So likewise, you know, it works well for us. So uh, do you have a prototype for the vehicle? So we are in the design and development stage, yeah. you know, and um, uh, our concept is similar to Apple. Apple does not manufacture the, the mobile phone. They don't manufacture most of the products that they, that they design. So they design it, they own the brand, they take care of the marketing, the customer service. So our business model is also you know, uh, uh, based on similar lines. So um, um, we would be uh, focusing on design, design engineering, prototyping, marketing, branding. And manufacturing, we would actually, you know, get it done from other uh, uh, players in the market. What's changing in this industry is that we are, it's moving towards design from engineer from uh, manufacturing rather than design for manufacturing. It's like your uh, what happened with mobiles. Today you have your processor from Intel and you have your you know cameras from somewhere else and you know all the parts are available in the market. It's only about understanding your customers' needs and then putting together a product you know, to suit your customers' needs. So, so that's the part that we are taking. And you say you're from Chennai in India? Yes. Are you moving here to Singapore permanently or you commute? Yeah, so I keep traveling a lot because I'm looking at the Asian region. I've been also traveling across the Asian region. So I've made trips to Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, you know, Philippines. Yeah, and then of course also Hong Kong, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, the entire region, just to understand the market very well. And I also have traveled quite extensively in India. And you know, so um, so what I the reason why I've come to Singapore is that one is um, here it's uh, it's it's very strategically located. You know, you have China and then you have the Asian region. Um, uh, we foresee a lot of components also coming from the Chinese uh, manufacturers. Two is uh, Singapore has very good shipping infrastructure. They are very good financial markets. You know, uh, they have very le uh, good legal processes. So it's a very uh, conducive, uh, you know, place to headquarter your business. You mentioned legal processes. Yeah. One of the big factors, or one of the big fears that entrepreneurs have is IP, Yes. and how do you manage that? Yeah, so uh, IP is, uh, is very critical, you know, and being able to, um, uh, what do you say, um, hold on to your IP yeah. is, is also very critical. I mean, it's easy to get a patent today, but uh, being able to hold on to your patent and, you know, um, um, so, and monetize it is, is very crucial. Like Singapore has very good legal systems. So I hope that, you know, um, I would be able to benefit from it. Your family, do you have a family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So luckily for me, uh, uh, my wife also was able to get a transfer here to Singapore. Oh, yeah. So it's, you know, so my family is over here. So that makes it comfortable, yeah. And when you said you want to move to Singapore, what was the reaction? So 
Yeah, so it's uh, uh, it's what do you say? It's, it's not so easy to make a move, and but um, uh, you know, but uh, Singapore for us is like uh, you know a more developed India. I mean, it's a mix. It, it, yeah. it, it, you know, so so it, it has the Asian you know values, and you know, uh, it also has the developed uh, you know nations benefits like security, and then you know all facilities and infrastructure are very good over here. So there's nothing to complain in Singapore. I mean, everything works very well. So yeah. you know, so you, so um, you don't have to worry too much about your day-to-day -day living here in Singapore. How long do you think it'll be before you get a production vehicle? Yeah. So we are looking at launching in 2020. Yeah. yeah. So there are some critical components that are still not available, uh, you know, uh, for us. So once we are able to get that at the price point that makes it affordable, uh, then we would be ready to launch. And where will, and which country will you launch in first? So I would look at launching at India because there is a huge unmet demand in India. I would also be looking at launching in the Asian region, you know, right from Philippines. Philippines are trying to do away with their Japanese. Uh, Thailand, they have the tuk-tuks which they would like to replace. If you go to Cambodia, Vietnam, again they have, you know, uh, vehicles that are put together. It's a motorcycle and a carriage. You know, there are lots of vehicles like that that can be easily replaced, uh, which are not being catered to by large manufacturers because uh, the market is looking at a very affordable price point. You know, so unless you are uh, built from start, to be able, to, you know, uh, uh, to uh, to be able to, you know, operate in a very lean fashion, you'll not be able to offer it at these price points. So, what's your background? Me, I've been. Uh, I started my career in technology marketing. So, you know, selling com computer hardware and software. Then I got into setting up my own uh, digital marketing firm. Uh, went on to run a full-fledged agency. Uh, of course, with a lot of focus on digital, uh, on technology, on content. Um, so I worked with a lot of, uh, consulted for a lot of uh, multinational companies in India and abroad. So I kind of understand what customers' needs are, how you go about branding and marketing, you know. And today I would say manufacturing delivers the least value. It's your product, uh, your product design, your branding and marketing that delivers the maximum value. If you look at Apple, for example, they, they generate a maximum value in the US, even though the product is manufactured might be in China or Taiwan or some other place. So you're not a car person? You, your background isn't in the auto business? No, 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 it's no. not, it's not. So uh, um, my background is in marketing, so yeah. I kind of understand consumer needs, you know, yeah. uh, and, and uh, understand product design and understand branding. So when you decided to make the switch to the auto yeah. business, yeah. Um, what was your decision process? What did you think about? So one was there is a huge opportunity. I mean, as a, as a businessman, the first thing is, you know, how, how large is the opportunity? Two is how competitive is it going to get? So I realized that I'm not going to have face competition from large manufacturers because they are at a disadvantage when it comes to, you know, affordable vehicles. Third is, uh, there is this purpose that is there within me of being, of doing good. And the farming community is one, uh, you know, uh, segment that, I, that I've always been, you know, worried about, concerned about. Why is that? Because uh, today nobody wants to be a farmer. 
In fact, when I was running my company, I had people from, you know, a lot of farmers' children working for me. And, uh, you know, they don't want to be a farmer anymore. And then they tell me stories about how farming is declining and how the food that they produce is no longer, you know, good for you when you eat it. You know, it's just uh, commercial, uh, commercially grown. So, um, and it's a very difficult life being a farmer. But if we don't have good food, human beings are going to suffer. Yeah. So, and also cl uh, climate change is going to affect the farming community in a very big way. So the only way, and people are not willing to pay more for food. You know, they're willing to pay more for education, they're willing to pay more for uh, housing, they're willing to pay more for, you know, owning a vehicle, but they're not willing to pay more for food. And the government also, you know, has a part to play in it. In, you know, when you talk about inflation, you talk mainly about food inflation. You don't talk about rental inflation. <laughs> so uh, if you look at a farming community, the only way in which you can actually help them is not by subsidizing farming, but be able to you know, generate, provide them additional revenue generation. So solar harvesting is one big way in which a farmer can actually you know, uh, earn more, uh, you know, uh, generate income, especially at times of drought. You know, so uh, because of that, uh, this purpose, I think, is why I said, okay, I have to do it. You know, someone has to start it. But otherwise, I, I feel, uh, you know, this big opportunity will get lost. Because energy is actually free. Solar is free for everyone. And anyone can actually harvest it. But you need to create a market for, for, for you know, what is being harvested. The automobile industry can be a good catalyst. Soon I foresee you using also the same batteries to power your home. You know, so it can expand the market. And uh, that can generate a lot of, uh, you know, income for the rural population, for the farming communities. So if everything goes to plan, yeah. um, what do you see your future? Describe your future if everything goes to plan. So I would say uh, there is a lot that is going to happen in the automobile industry. You know, in the next uh, 10, 20, 30 years, there is going to be so much of disruption going to happen and there is so much of, uh, uh, what do you say, um, transformation that is going to happen in this industry. Uh, another aspect of me is I'm very, you know, uh, I, I love technology, you know, and I've seen how technology has changed um, many industries, you know, uh, right from publishing or if you look at, you know, I, I mean, uh, engineering or any, any industry you look, Technology has changed. So technology is going to change the automobile industry. So that's another driving force for me. You know, I foresee, uh, the, you know, autonomous vehicles coming in, um, you know, VTOL, uh, you know, uh, um, drones uh, coming in, seamless transportation happening, e-mobility happening. Uh, so for me, all of that is also exciting. So it's kind of, uh, this particular business kind of, you know, caters to all my needs. You know, the uh, purpose and then, you know, uh, also the need for being involved in technology and, and involved in, you know, uh, innovation. So I've been actually an innovator for quite some time, uh, always ahead of the curve. I'm, I'm hoping that this time I'm, you know, on, at the right point of the curve. So could I describe you as the Elon Musk of the affordable vehicle? Ah. Uh, See, Elon Musk, I think, uh, is someone who we all, uh, you know, I'm grateful for, for having, you know, made a breakthrough in the automobile industry, you know. Uh, so, um, he all said and done has, has you know, uh, done quite a bit for, uh, you know, um, 
moving the world towards clean transportation. Uh, me, I would say, let me first achieve something and then let's see, you know, how, how I get defined. Okay, thank you very much. And do you have anything else to say? No, I'm very thankful. I'm uh, happy to have met you. Okay. And if anyone wants to get in touch, how can they do so? Yeah, so Neville, I think the best way would be to go to my website. It's uh, surya.com. It's S-O-O-O-R-Y-A.com. I'm also available on LinkedIn. And, you know, so uh, that's the easiest way to get in touch with me. And could you give me your full name again? Christy Fernandez. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you on LinkedIn, they look on for yeah, Christy yeah, Fernandez. Yeah, Christy Fernandez and Surya, and then I should come up, yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Neville. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Christy, for that brief look at the aims of your startup, Suraya, Electric Vehicles. It's amazing that you tried to give your idea away, but it was turned down. No doubt when you make a success of it, the competition will reappear. Combine IKEA Modular Concept and Apple's outsource manufacturing present a great opportunity to find partners that are experts in manufacturing processes. We wish you all the best. This brings us to the end of this episode of Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action. Now we need you to hit the subscribe button and head over to asiabizstories.com for more great information on how to take your inspiration and turn it into action. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you join us next time on Asia Biz Stories, Entrepreneurs in Action.